Jude, verse 1. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called, mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. For there are certain men, crept in unawares, who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. I will therefore put you in remembrance, though ye once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believed not. And the angels, which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, He hath reserved an everlasting change unto darkness, unto the judgment of the great day. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah, in the cities about them, in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Likewise also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of dignities. Yet Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, durst not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke thee. But these speak evil of those things which they know not. But what they know naturally, as brute beasts in those things, they corrupt themselves. Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain, and ran greedily after the heir of Balaam for reward, and perished in the gainsaying of Kor. I want to talk to you tonight partially about contending for the faith. But, you know, normally when we talk about contending for the faith, and especially what Jude was talking about here was, he was kind of talking church-wide, right? He was saying, listen... You need to watch out because there's people that will come in and try to divide your church. They'll try to teach things that that aren't right. So you need to contend for the faith. You need to make sure you know what you believe. You need to understand what the Word teaches. And you need to be ready to take a stand when somebody teaches something that goes against that. So we understand that as a church, that's what we should do when there's a a false teacher that may arise amongst us. But we also have to do this contending for the faith in our own personal lives because as we go through this life, look around in the world and you, you see all sorts of things going on all the time that will try to tear down your faith. It will try to instill some sort of doubt in your mind. And you have to be ready to contend for that faith that you have. You see, sometimes the the devil will come at you in ways that you're not expecting. He'll come at you with, with things that you would have never dreamed he would come at you with. And from a source that you wouldn't expect. 
So you have to be on the lookout for the things that He's going to bring against you. You see, He's not going to come at you with even a big sign saying, Hey, this is a false teaching. Look out, here I come. He's going to come at you just like He does with any other thing, a little at a time, and it's going to look good, or it's going to feel good, or it's going to have the appearance of good in some way. That's the way He does it. That's why He's so um, effective in today's society, because we are okay with a little bit. Well, that's not too wrong, right? It's not that bad. How many times do you hear people say that? How many times do you say that? Well, it's not that bad. It, that movie just has a little bit of language in it. It's not that bad. We say those kind of things, don't we? We let a little bit in. And Satan knows that. So what we've got to do as a, as a Christian in this world today, you see, there's a whole lot of gray area today. Back in the biblical times, most things were pretty black and white. They had things pretty well lined out according to the law of God, what was good and what was bad. They didn't have all these electronic devices. They didn't have all this means of mass communication that we have today. So when they talked to people, this was people that they were around all the time. They knew who everybody was. It wasn't the same type of world that it is today. So when we, when they contended for the faith, it was, it was always with these people that they were with all the time. And when somebody come in that was new, well, it was, hey, we need to watch this guy, right? Well, you know, we, we live in a totally different society today. We live in a, in a world that you can have dealings with people on the other side of the world in seconds. You can get on the internet and you can listen to all sorts of teaching that that may appear good. And man, that guy was fired up when he was preaching. Did you hear that? And you get a little goosebumps and you say, man, that had to be God, right? But if what he's teaching does not line up with the Word of God, it's not. It doesn't matter how good it sounds. It doesn't matter how much it stirs you inside. Remember, feelings can be deceptive. So you, on your own sometimes, all by yourself, have to contend for the faith. When we look at this Scripture, you see several examples. You see many examples there of how not contending for the faith led to destruction. He uses the example of Sodom and Gomorrah. We think of Sodom and Gomorrah as, as uh, the worst possible scenario, basically. Those cities had gone so far from God. Started with a little bit, right? And before long, they're so far away from God 
Nobody there is contending for the faith anymore. There is no faith. They've went so far the other direction that probably there's no way they could have come back. Otherwise, God wouldn't have destroyed them if there was hope, right? So you see that example and you say, well, man, that's just crazy. There's no way we could ever get there. You know... Some will argue today that Sodom and Gomorrah didn't have anything on what we see going on around us. You see, we live in a different age. This is the age of grace. And God's grace abounds in areas today that it didn't in those days. His wrath was not stayed by grace in those days. But I'm not here to argue with you about whether Houston, Texas or Dallas, Texas, or New York City is worse than Sodom and Gomorrah. It may be. But the point is, they got there for a reason. They got there because there were people of God that were not contending for the faith. And they began to allow their lives to be impacted of what was going on around them. You see, you can go live in the city today, And if you stay there long enough and you don't contend for the faith in your own life, you don't begin to fight the devil and say, you know what, devil, I don't care what's going on around me. I'm going to stand for faith. I'm going to stand for the principles God has put in my life. If you don't do that, you know what? That stuff will begin to creep into your life. But you don't have to live in the city. You know, it didn't used to be like that. It used to be living in the country was kind of a protection. You were kind of in a protected environment, right? Those things couldn't come in because you immediately recognized them for what they were because it was out of the ordinary. You kind of had a buffer between you and the evil that was in the city. But now that stuff just comes straight into your home. Through TVs and internet. And, you know, I'm not trying to tell you that, that the TV is evil. I'm trying to tell you that we have to be vigilant. We have to be on the lookout because at any moment in time, it could be a commercial. Man, some of the worst TV I see today is commercials. You see them not only on TV, but you see them going down the road. You see these billboards. And, and it's stuff that, you know, 20, 30 years ago might have been considered pornography. But you see this stuff, you're bombarded with it all the time, and, and it become, it begins to seep into your inner conscious mind, and you begin to, to think it, that this is acceptable. We begin to say, well, it's a commercial. It can't be that bad. Surely they wouldn't put a commercial on TV that is not acceptable to kids, right? Yeah, they will. And you know what? They'll put it on there when they're awake. They don't wait till they're asleep. You know why? Because they're looking to the next generation for their sales. They want to get them now. If I can hook them now when they make money, it'll be so much easier. Let's face it. Those people selling products, making money, are not concerned with your life. They're concerned with your money. 
We have something a little, a little higher calling than money. We're told in Jude there that we need to contend for the faith. There's people that have come in. And you know, at this time, he's talking about people coming into your church teaching things that are wrong. It ain't always under the guise of teaching the gospel, y'all. I want you to understand that. It's not always somebody that's trying to say, here, I'm, of, I'm, a, I'm here of God. Sometimes they just are selling something. And you allow it. You allow the, that, that conversation. You allow the presentation of whatever they're selling. You, sometimes you just entertain the thought of what it is they're talking about. It really doesn't have to be anything about God, but you begin to allow those little things to creep into your life. And before you know it, you're allowing something that you would have never allowed before. Because you didn't contend for the faith. Because you didn't start at the beginning and say, you know what, that's not godly. Doesn't matter if it's about God, it's not godly. You know how this can this can spill over into your business? You begin to do something that's slightly unethical. Well, this isn't really that bad and everybody else does it. Even the company that I'm doing this for knows about it and it's an acceptable practice. There's no possible way I'll get in trouble. But is it godly? You see, those little things like that all work to tear down your moral standard. And when you, you say, okay, man, there's nothing wrong with this, right? Let's say it's taking pens from work. There ain't a single person that would gripe at me because I took a pen home from work. Not a single person. But it's not right. It's not godly. When you look at, this doesn't belong to me, number one. It's provided for my work, not for my home. That's just a little simple example. But when you do those little things, those little bitty things that seem to not matter at all, it will never hurt anybody but me. Right? I guarantee you, Volcraft will not miss the five cents that that pencil cost or that pen. Will not never hurt anybody, but it will hurt me. Because those little bitty things, because I didn't take that stand and say, no devil, it's not right. He talked about Michael fighting against Satan. He says that he didn't bring any railing accusation. He just said, the Lord rebuke thee. See, sometimes we feel like we need to make a case against Satan. You know, I don't like to spend any more time talking to Satan than I have to. I don't want him to be the focus of my life. I don't want to get tied up in a big court case with him. All I have to do is say, the Lord rebuke thee. Get out of here. Right? 
I don't have to stand there and get into an argument with him about why this is right or wrong. He knows what's right or wrong. That's why he's trying to convince you to do the wrong thing. You don't have to get into it with him. Just tell him, go. Get thee behind me, Satan. So contending for the faith doesn't have to be this battle between you and Satan. It doesn't have to be a battle of wit, a battle of words. That contending for the faith just means taking a stand on what's right. I'm I'm staying right here on the right side. Right? Verse 4 says, For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. If you look at these examples, you'll see that these people started out on the right side. They started out serving God. They started out with a higher standard. But because they weren't contending, they weren't fighting. That's what contending means, right? It means to fight. To stand against. When I think of contending, I think of a boxing match. They call them contenders, right? They're both fighting. Fighting to see who's going to win. So, when you look at that, you look at these people that start on the right side of it. They start out trying to do the right thing. And what happens is they begin to just coast. No longer are they fighting. Y'all ever watch a boxing match and the guys just kind of, they just dance around. What are, what are you thinking? Somebody needs to throw a punch, right? Let's get this on. Go. Get it over with. You ain't ever going to win a fight by just dancing around the ring. You won't do it. You see, when the, when the end of the match comes, they don't judge you on how well you danced around the ring. They judge you on how many punches you threw, how many times your opponent hit the ground, you see, that that's what they judge you on is the action. It's not how well you just floated along. So when you look at these people that started on the right side, remember that, that they didn't end up on the wrong side fighting. They ended up on the wrong side by not fighting. They ended up over there because they either became too lazy, they became too distracted, or whatever it was, something took their eyes off the prize. You don't end up on the wrong side by trying to do the right thing. You end up on the wrong side by doing nothing or by doing the wrong thing. So that's where we find ourselves today. I don't know how many times a day, how many times a week, 
that why I have to, I have to fight. But it's an ongoing battle. I find little reprieves here and there, but it's an ongoing battle. Typically, when I see a reprieve, I start getting worried because the attack is coming, right? So, how long are we going to fight? We got to fight till he comes. He said to occupy till I come. You know what that means? It means to stand your ground. That's what occupy means. When you hear about the military occupying a city, what's that mean? It means they have went in, they've taken over, and they're standing their ground. That's what we've got to do in our life. We've got to take over, first of all, in a spiritual sense. We've got to let God take over our life. And we've got to stand our ground. Don't let those little things... See, if you're in war and there's an area the enemy can attack, you've got to close that off by whatever means necessary. Whether it means to erect some sort of wall or put or strengthen the troops that are in that area, send more reinforcements, whatever is necessary. If there's a weak spot, you've got to correct that. So look at your life. What is the weak spot? You want to contend for the faith? That's what you have to do. You have to examine those weak spots. Just like those boxers we talked about a while ago. You know what they do? They sit and they study the other one and they say, You'll hear the you'll hear the coach, the referee, or not the referee, but the his his coach over there, his manager telling him, Hey man, every time he throws a punch, he drops that arm. That's when you can hit him. Next time he's gonna throw a right, you come and you hit him right before he has a chance. You'll get in. See, they they look for those weaknesses. We've got to do that. I don't I don't want to spend time examining my enemy's weakness. I don't care about my enemy. But what I do care about is where my weaknesses are. That same coach would tell his guy, hey man, every time you throw that right punch, you're dropping. And he's going to get you. We do. We need to do that same thing. We need to be looking at our life and say, you know what? Every time I do this, I'm tempted to do that. So I need to quit doing that. I need to cut that off. I need to separate myself from that so that I can stand my ground. Otherwise, what happens? The enemy comes in. We've got to cut him off. 